Welcome to Dumb Love. I'm Sally Brooks. And I'm Jen O'Neill Smith. And this is a podcast about all the dumb things that people will do for love. So welcome to episode 19. Oh my gosh. Dude, okay, 19, we're almost to 20. I feel like we actually need, we always say we're going to go out and celebrate, but we have yet to do it. We do. We need to uh, go have dinner, celebrate all our milestones, give ourselves like a drink for every birthday. Yeah. Like we'll start with like Shirley Temples. We can't actually like have alcohol yet because we're not 21, but. (laughs) Oh, that's. I'm not doing that. Oh. <laughs> You're like, um, no, I can't spend time um, with you without alcohol. Every drink has alcohol. <laughs> Just kidding. Oh, oh Jen, well, I know you would have two glasses of wine and then like and be fall asleep. asleep. I know exactly. <laughs> uh, well, if you notice, Sally has a little, um, little cold, but she sounds. I have to say, I like this voice. Do you? I can't I tell. I'm like it's sometimes very, in my head like, it sounds like sultry, but then I also oh, as soon is. as I talk to my my brother yesterday he was like do you have a cold i was like god damn it (laughs) (laughs) no it's very like phoebe smelly cat i'm Mm. loving it yeah all right okay (laughs) i'll just punch you in the throat before every (laughs) 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 i'm not kidding i would never i would never um so this week um okay we're gonna bring it up we did have a meh Review. We did. We had our a not so great. It wasn't terrible. No, it just wasn't great. It was our first non five star review, other than the one star my husband gave us at the very beginning on accident. Yes, <laughs> but you know what? I've been thinking about it, and I actually really. Um, and I know this is going to sound like such bullshit. Like I actually really love that we got, but I, <laughs> it was really it was I whoever wrote the review. Thank you, because it was actually constructive. It was. I think it was. And you didn't it give was, us zero stars. You yeah. gave us some. It was like three or three. Three. And then it said, you know, that we needed to be a little more prepared, which, yeah, we do. Yeah. We should. And well, we and will, especially the last couple guys. episodes, we were both, have, we were both, not to have excuses, but we had a lot of good stuff going on. We had yeah. to, we had to pump out a bunch of episodes in a row and I'm going to admit it. I was not super prepared. <laughs> right. Same. And um, this is just that review was good. It was a reminder that we needed to like bring it back home and do the extra work and make sure that we're super duper prepared for you guys. We won't let you down. We're not going to let you down. We promise. We won't let you down. Come back three star. Listen again. Um, Dumb love us. <laughs> I'm going to practice my sultry. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do it like Sally can. Um... So, yes, thank you for whoever I was pumpkin something for that. Uh, yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you. I, we actually Thanks, appreciate man. it. But Preach. and and for and if anybody else, we are we are completely open to criticism. But, yes. you know, you can always email it to us. <laughs> yeah. And we're tinkering with some things you might see. Like, you know, we changed our theme song. We have some like little uh, interludes. If you like it, or if you don't like it, let us know. Yeah. Just email us at dumblovepod. And also Email some stories. Yeah. Send us your love stories. Um, okay. we I have been getting a lot of uh, questions yeah. from listeners about, did I watch Midsummer? Oh, right. Because you promised you were going to watch I it. I promised I would. And I did. You did. And it's effed. Like oh, my, in a good way or in no, a bad way? It's, well, I mean, it's like good. But okay. So I watched it the first. I watched it in two parts. The first time <laughs> That's always I the best way it, to watch a movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's taken intermission. Well, um, the first night I watched it, I fell asleep watching it while drinking red wine. And I then I had like the craziest nightmares <laughs> ever. And that was a terrible idea. So then I did like the next night, I'm like, all right, I'm going to watch it again. Um, but this time I'm going to um, eat this edible. And then I'm going to watch it again. <laughs> and that was a worse idea. Oh my God. Jen, you should that run was, these like, ideas. The worst night of my life. <laughs> you should run these ideas by me before you do them because I could have told you like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm the worst decision maker. Um, so it was, it's really, uh, it's so, it's well done. It's a great movie. It's really well, I definitely recommend it, but it is like, it makes you feel all kinds of weird feelings and definitely don't do it while drinking. Definitely don't do it while um, eating 
an edible um, <laughs> mistake. Yeah. It was a huge mistake. Was it spooky? Uh, Did it like satisfy your Halloween horror? Um, yeah. Or is it just like a psychological? Uh, it was a fucking nightmare, man. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Like, I just don't know why I did that. I shouldn't have. Maybe I'll try it again, but this time, like, do it properly. Like, clear-minded yeah. on the couch. It's cold outside now. Get your six-year-old. Snuggle up. Snuggle up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With my children. Yeah. <sighs> so, speaking of midsummer, you know, I'm doing um, all Halloween-themed quickies. Yeah, it's this your October spooky quickie month. Spooky quickie month. Um, so I'm going to lead right into my quickie for this week. I actually found this um, article on EliteDaily.com that it, it was like Halloween engagement stories. Uh-huh. And some of them are pretty cool and quick. I'm just going to like read a couple of them. Um, like there was... Do you know I got engaged on Halloween? What? Yeah. How did he propose? Did he do it with like a ring pop? Like it sounds like people are doing with ring pops. No, I don't think ring pops weren't a thing okay. when we got engaged. <laughs> no, it was unlike you. Like I'm not into Halloween and not in like a, oh, I hate Halloween. Just like it is like another day. Like now that I have a kid, I'm like, oh, okay, I want to get into it. But like as a person, I could take it or leave it. Oh, I know. I'm so God. sorry. <laughs> I feel like Jen's has lost. Like there's like a light has gone off in her eyes. <laughs> She's about to walk out of the door and it's her house. <laughs> yeah. I'm leaving. <laughs> She's going to click her witch boots and leave. <laughs> so my birthday is November 3rd. Oh, okay. And so Ben had, he got the ring and I think he just thought she'll never expect me to do it on Halloween. That's smart. Maybe I, he thought I would expect it on my birthday. I wasn't expecting it at all. And so anyway, I mean, it was like not a, a crazy, he proposed at the summer camp that I used to work at. Was it like a murder summer camp? It wasn't. I did Was w- it at Camp Crystal Lake? It was not. Did I tell you that? How I used to work at Camp Crystal Lake? No! What the hell? <laughs> okay, two stories. And then I, we promise okay. three-star review. We'll tighten it up. No, this was a summer camp I, I went to as a kid, and then I was a counselor there, and I had like offhandedly told Ben that... Um, it was really beautiful and I, that there was a, a place that I always imagined getting married at. And so he took me to that spot and proposed. Oh, and then we actually so ended up renting out the camp for our wedding and got married there. Wow. Yeah, it was a super fun so cool. like summer camp wedding. Like people stayed in cabins and we, oh, yeah, yeah, it was really cool. Um, That's awesome. But so then when I was in college, I worked at a different summer camp in New Jersey that was literally the in the movie, like it was Camp Crystal Lake. Oh my God, that's so awesome. Yeah. So it's wasted on someone who doesn't even appreciate it. Yeah, and <laughs> I never <laughs> saw the movies, but you've never seen <laughs> no. Friday the 13th? No. So it was filmed at that camp, which I worked at, it was called Camp Mason, and then the, a Boy Scout camp that was like a mile away. So the two camps are both. Wow. Yeah. Oh my God, that's so cool. Yeah. I'm so jealous. <laughs> oh my God, I love horror movies. That's so cool. Man, okay, so um, there was this one person, um, her name is Rosewater, and she's, I don't think that's her real name. I don't name. think that's a real name. I don't think so. Um, she said, I've always been obsessed with Halloween and anything creepy. I just so happened to fall in love with a Romanian, and on a visit to see his family, he proposed at Dracula's Castle in Transylvania. It was a spooky dream come true. <laughs> That's cool. So one person proposed with a ring pop, and then they had an impromptu uh, Vegas wedding. So he proposed with a ring pop. But he says that my fiance proposed at Halloween with a ring pop while wearing a Deadpool mask. It was only natural that we snuck Deadpool into our engagement photos. Which that's pretty cool. That's and that cool. kind of reminds me of the scary clown that was hidden. Oh, in, yeah, yeah, yeah. From like, I think that was like episode three. Yeah. Yeah, where there was a man who snuck scary clowns into the uh, wedding photos. Yeah, and the bride which, didn't know until they got the photos back. Yeah, and again, that sounds crazy, but you're going to have to like go back and listen to that story to yeah. find out why it was actually pretty cool. Okay, so my favorite one. Have you seen Halloween, the 1978 classic Halloween? No. No? No, the only horror movie I've seen is child's play the only i think so oh yeah yeah. no i mean i've seen like here or there but i haven't seen any of the classics wow i watched child's play when i was like too young oh that'll scar you and then i like couldn't 
couldn't watch him any again. Oh so my that was god. Good. My kids accidentally saw the preview for this the reboot of Child's Play. And oh. it like scarred them. That one's on my husband, I believe my husband. <laughs> Do you want to know how? Oh, we're yeah. getting into too many stories. Um they my son asked my husband, my eight year old son, mm-hmm. asked my husband, um, Dad, what is the Mueller report? <laughs> and he was like, let me find a video on YouTube and show it to you so it, they can help explain. So he had my son watching this, vi- my eight-year-old watching this video explaining the Mueller report. Then at the end of it, when it immediately bled into um, a preview for Child's Play, and both of my, my eight and six-year-old watched it and they were horrified i love that they were like first scarred by our political (laughs) 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 so alex wells decided to propose to his longtime girlfriend Catherine canape i think it's canape it's spelled c-a-n-i-p-e yeah but there's no thing on the end oh canape anyway he decided to Proposed to her on the very... Okay, so she is a horror movie fanatic. Uh She actually hosts a podcast, which is super cool because we host a podcast. Hey, she's like us. But uh, let me... The name of her podcast is called um, Boys and Ghouls. Okay. Which is so cool. It's it's like a horror movie podcast. He knew that she would love this. Yeah. Um, So he set up this scene where he had, um, it was on the very street that the movie is, was filmed on. Uh Uh-huh. Like the famous street that he like chases Jamie Lee Curtis down. Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, Halloween. Sorry. Yeah, Halloween. I forgot where we Um, started this. So he had her friends like walk walk her down the street and she was like why are we here you know and and he was like just keep walking you know whatever and then all of a sudden you could see this video too does she Um, know that it's the street um i don't think in the video you can't really tell that she knows what it was it's a street in south pasadena and i don't know if she really knew or not right yeah sure it's not distinctive enough that she's like oh this is you know yeah this is it and then in broad daylight, um, so then all of a sudden she's walking down the street and then from around the corner pops out, um, she sees Mike Myers in the Mike Meyer mask. Oh, yeah. Oh, my which God. Which is, you know, her um, yeah soon-to-be fiance, Alex Wells, in the costume. And then so she freaks out and screams, but then she looks at her friend and starts laughing, like, what is this? Like, yeah. what's going on? And then she finishes walking to the end so the guy disappears he pops out and then he disappears yeah and then so she keeps walking down the street and when she gets to the corner she looks over and um her fiance even with the mask on he still has the mask on is on one knee and proposing and she immediately just started bawling crying and was so excited like so she was never like she was scared and giggled right and then when she saw him she you know instantly like you know, was emotional and said Aww. yes. And the and the video is actually super sweet, which is so crazy. There's another thing that's... She, and she says, because she's a huge horror fanatic, that this was the perfect proposal. Yeah. Whereas, again, like we said with the clown in the wedding photos, if this had been a different couple or to the wrong person, it would right. have been the worst proposal ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I would have been like, why Why is this happening? Yeah. <laughs> who, who are you supposed to be? <laughs> I would have freaked out. Even though I love horror movies, yeah. I would not have liked that. No, that would not no, have done. That, that would, would not, not be cool for me. But um, that's my Halloween quickie. I love it. So Jen, my quickie is a write-in. Oh, yay! Yeah, it's from uh, my friend John Bunyan. Oh, yay! Who we've talked about before because he sent in a story for us. He sent in the story about the vacuum, the vacuum cleaner guys. Yeah, yeah. awesome. So, but this time he sent in his own love story. Aww. And I'm so excited because I know, uh, like I said before, he is a comedian, but and he and his wife um, have been married for, I can't remember how, he may say in here, I think it's like 45 years, but um, it's a very long time, and they're just like, I just love them so much. She always comes to shows. She's really, she has like a great sense of humor and yeah, they're just a great couple. So I am, I'm excited. I've never heard this story before and so I'm excited. Awesome. And I didn't read it because I'm the worst. So I'm excited (laughs) to hear it. Okay. So this is John's story. I'm going to read, read it as he wrote it. Okay. Um, I went to a small private college in Eagle Rock, California, Occidental College, where Barry Obama would later spend a few undergraduate years. It's a small school of fewer than 2,000 students. My freshman year, 1972, in the freshman dorm, I met Pam. She was still dating her high school sweetheart, but before long, Pam and I were together. 
There's a long story we told each other, too long for your podcast. I mean, I don't know about that, John. We could, we could take it. <laughs> uh, about how fate had brought us together. Our families became acquainted and had dinners together and everything. Everyone knew Pam and I were destined to be together. Over the four years of college, we broke up a couple times and got back together. Typical young love stuff that even soulmates do, right? <laughs> when we graduated, she went off to grad school at Indiana University. But we wrote to each other, ask your parents how letters worked, and we're still a couple. In 1978, there was a super cold winter and a blizzard in the Midwest. The coal miners in Indiana went on strike. Indiana University decided to shut down for a three-week spring break. They hoped that by the end of it, the miners would be back and it wouldn't be so damn cold or something. So Pam came to Southern California. She invited people in the dorm to come along. Only one person took her up on it. The two of them took the Greyhound bus from Bloomington to LA, which is like so bold. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Have you ever long. taken a Greyhound bus? Uh, I took one from Miami to Atlanta, and it was the worst 19 hours of my life. I can't believe that was Besides 19 hours. Besides the whole edible midsummer thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, t- I have a joke about it, but I took one one time, and a guy fell asleep on my shoulder. Oh. And it was, like, so drunk. I mean, he was, like, and then Gross. I kept feeling something up against <gasps> my leg, <gasps> and I was just, like, what is I was in college. It was very, like, I mean, now I would just be, like, get off, you know? But so he got off the bus and I still, there was still whatever oh. it was up. And I looked down and it was, it was like a bottle of wild turkey. <laughs> Just rubbing up against your leg. Yes. Like I was like, what is that? Um, it wasn't something living. I know. I, that, well, that was what was going through my mind. Yeah, and I was yeah. just like frozen. Oh my God. What a nightmare. So they took the bus from Bloomington, the Greyhound bus from Bloomington to LA. Along the way, Pam told Karen all about me and about her dilemma. Should she marry me when we finish, she finished grad school or get a career start at first? I went to the bus station to pick them up. So this is my love story. I saw this young woman in the Greyhound bus station in a seedy part of downtown Los Angeles. Though we had never met, she let me take her home, and a year later, we were married. I drove Pam and Karen to Pam's house. Over the next couple weeks, I got to know Karen, and I was smitten. She went back to school, and I wrote her letters. She resisted for a while, but when Pam refused to talk to her, she decided, what the hell? Why be a martyr? Resistance to my charm was futile. Wow. That summer, she came back to L.A., driving from Cincinnati, Ohio, her home, to L.A. with her best friend, Marty. Karen and Marty stayed with me and my best friend, Marshall, at our apartment. So this was the actual destiny. Pam and I met so that Karen and I would later meet and marry. See, I love that Yeah. Stuff. Karen and I got married the next year, 1979, and this year we celebrated 40 years of marriage. So I was close. But wait, there's more. This is a double-shot love-slash-fate story. Destiny brought Karen and me together, and in a two-for-bogo fate special, brought Marshall and Marty together. They got married shortly after us and are also still together. That's awesome. Isn't that awesome? See, I love that because, like, even relationships that don't work out, I feel like they all serve... A purpose. Yeah. Yeah. And they bring you to something else. Yes. And um, bring you to where you're supposed to be. So, yeah. and so you shouldn't look at them past relationships as like failures. Yeah. Like no. Something. It's like, yeah. I love that. I, I, I mean, people say it all the time that where they're like, every relationship fails mm-hmm. except one, maybe. Yeah. You know, it's like even, even that one might fail and then that's okay. It's still a success for the time you had it, you know? Exactly. Um, I love that. But yeah, so that's the love story, isn't it? Or that's a write in. So you guys John. should. Yes. Thank you, John. That was. It gave me chills. I had chills as I was reading it, and um, and I love it. So and I wonder cool. what Pam's doing now. Yeah. She's probably like a badass career lady. Yeah. She doesn't need to be in a relationship. She, she doesn't need that. <laughs> She's got her own thing. Awesome. Cool, cool. Okay. Hey, yo, Sally. Yes, Jen. Are you ready for my crazy dumb story? I am super ready. I, this one's wild. Like, I can't believe that I hadn't heard of it until I started, you know, Googling stuff. Yeah. You got, the, you got into the Googles? <laughs> I got a fit of the Googles. And uh, there, that's it's what actually, you called when you go down like a Google rabbit hole. You're like, I got a fit of, I got a Google fit. I <laughs> <laughs> got a little Google fit. Um, so I, uh, th- so it, it's crazy because I actually have like, so my references, I there, there's a 48 hours episode about it. Uh-huh. There's a Dateline episode about it. There's a Snapped episode about it. And then um, I've also read articles on cbsnews.com and then articles um, from Cincinnati.com, The Inquirer. Is that where it's from? Um, That's where I'm Yeah, from. it takes place in Cincinnati. Well, yeah. some of it does. Yes. Yeah. Um, but so yeah, lots of different um, 
articles and sources and also Wikipedia. Yeah, thank you, Wikipedia. <laughs> thank you. Um, so uh, Ryan Carter Poston was born on December 30th, 1982 in Fort Mitchell, Kentucky. Oh, okay. So that's like right across the border from Cincinnati. From Cincinnati. Yeah. yeah it's kind of, it's a little over here and it's a little over there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, he was very close to his family and he was the oldest um, to three younger sisters who he took very good care of. Um, he was said to be kind of the soft-spoken protector type. Mm-hmm. Um, there was actually an interview in, um, I think it was in the Dateline episode with one of his ex-girlfriends that said, um, who she, she said that he was like, she always thinks of him as Edward from Twilight. Okay. Um, because he, well, he like they look the same. He was like six foot three, super handsome, dark hair, blue eyes. And he, like, all he wanted to do is just make sure that his family and his sisters and his girlfriend were protected. Yeah. Um, can I, can I be an a-hole, but which one? Is Edward. Is Edward. Is he the, I think the, the wolf one. or the, no, the vampire. The vampire. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, cool, cool, cool. And I think his name's Edward. I could totally be saying <laughs> Whatever the vampire, the main vampire guy. The main guy. That guy. Yeah, okay. One everybody freaks out about. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> the sparkly one. Um, they sparkle in the movie. I don't know. Oh, okay. So, yeah. No, I did not. <laughs> so uh, he grew up in a very affluent community um, in Kentucky, and he excelled at school, and he went on to become a very successful lawyer at the young age of like by 28 he was uh-huh. like a successful lawyer in Cincinnati, Ohio. I wonder if I knew him. Maybe. Oh my god, you were I a was lawyer. a lawyer in Cincinnati, Ohio. Do you remember like a super tall handsome dude? This was in no. 2011ish. Oh no, I was I was done lawyering by then. Oh, okay. Um you paved the way for this guy. I right. Guess. Um, so, um, in 2011, when Ryan was 28, he met 19-year-old Shayna Hubers on Facebook. Um, Hubers was like a friend of uh, Ryan's cousin or step-cousin, um, and they, then he saw like racy pictures of her, of course, like, you know. Okay. You know. On he, Facebook? No, I, I don't, I'm not talking, like, I don't think like boobs. Oh, just like maybe like, in her bathing you know, suit or something? Maybe. You know how people, you know what people do. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I don't. You know, like sexy pictures. On Facebook? Yeah. Well, I mean, just like selfies where you're... You don't see self like sexy pictures on Facebook Oh, no, no, I do. I, that's what I was just... Oh, okay. my- <laughs> <laughs> you're like, am I crazy? Am I seeing the world through sexy goggles? <laughs> no, no, no. I meant I was seeing sexy pictures. I was just wondering if these were pictures that she sent him. Oh, no. Or she just, he just I saw, saw her them. profile picture and was like, dang. You yeah, know? so she was giving like yeah, duck lips or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Pro- okay. Probably like duck lips, bikini, <laughs> whatevs. She was 19. She was beautiful. You were like, have you never seen a sexy picture? <laughs> like, what if every picture was normal, but I just saw everything and like people in bikinis and duck lips. Um, so Shayna grew up in a less affluent community, uh, which she was actually kind of embarrassed of, like, you know, the community she grew up in. But yeah, she was extremely intelligent and hardworking and she excelled at everything. A plus 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 student, like mm-hmm. every student in her school everybody that knew her at school just thought that she was like genius yeah and um so and she loved uh, music and drama and she um was an actress okay did they meet at school um no they met on facebook remember we just <laughs> said that yes i do remember <laughs> <laughs> So, but Hubers was a psychology student at the University of Kentucky, Kentucky and Lexington. Oh, did they meet at school? No, she can't. <laughs> so that's where they met. Oh, okay. No, thanks okay. for clearing that up. Um, so this is, uh, I guess, approximately 80 miles from Highland Heights, which is where he lives. So they lived about like 80 miles away from each other. It was an hour and a half drive about. And yeah. And she would drive back and forth. I used um, to drive to Lexington from Cincinnati on like a work night to do a three-minute set. Oh, <laughs> like to do a three-minute open mic set. Comedy life, bro. Comedy <laughs> and life. And then drive back and then get up and go to my lawyer job in the morning. <sighs> what we do for comedy. <laughs> um, so she actually graduated cum laude and was uh, pursuing a master's degree in school counseling. Okay. Super smart. And she, she was 19 and she graduated in three years. She was that smart. Wow. Yeah. So over the course 
of their relationship, their the relationship was only eighteen months long. Okay. And during the eighteen months, like Shayna was like a bajillion percent like head over heels in love with Ryan. Yeah. And she like she saw him as like the perfect catch. Right. Like this is the guy that I need to marry. He's like wealthy he's a lawyer he's like handsome he's you know he's a protector type or whatever and she was like ready to settle down and lock it down and all that she was stuff. like he's my edward yeah that's my or the other guy. boy um so but ryan um just wasn't that into it oh. like he you know he was like i'm i have my career starting yeah you know? he was like you know they were just up and down on and off. He was like really busy with work and he didn't really have time for like super serious relationships, but he had a hard time like breaking up with her yeah. essentially. Like in, in a text message, Shana um, said to a friend, like he's only with me because I make him feel so awful about it when I cry. Like Aww. meaning like whenever he would break up with her. Um, so what I like a horrible realization to have. I know. And like, why would you want to? I right. don't know. So I'm waiting to see where I'm like withholding judgment to see where this goes yeah there's like a lot of back and forth okay um, it's like it's kind of hard um so she like would drop by his place all the time unannounced some of her friends say that there's actually like more to like you know what i mean like there's more to ryan than meets the eye as far as like is he just like the super quiet suspect. like ryan oh so they're saying like he was playing he was his side too inviting yeah like he was they said that he was emotionally abusive towards her that shana says that or shana's friend said that she would always tell me that he would tell tell her that she needed a boob job or a facelift or that she was fat and she needed to lose weight and but she still like stayed with him and apparently she did all these things for him like she would like do his laundry and take his dog out and like mm. you know um she just did everything for him like hoping that he would change and um and there's also like another side to Ryan that even friends say like well and of course like from Kentucky they don't see this as an issue but Ryan loved guns yeah and his whole apartment was like filled with guns and ammo and like you know uh, what you what you call it vests that you can't shoot in bulletproof vests. Oh, <laughs> what you call it vest? You call it vest. <laughs> uh, I was like a hunting vest. vest. And there's also fleece, a fleece like a polar fleece. Yeah. <laughs> and there was like on Facebook when he he went through like a very tumultuous lawsuit with an ex partner like for his. Um, Oh, it like a law, attorney, legal, yeah. yeah. That that he it was a partner, and they and on Facebook he like said something to the effect of like, "I want to dig a hole in the ground and put him in it, and so I could stomp on his head and like blah blah,", blah and I want to burn the city to the ground, and like just very like violent type, right? You know, outbursts, especially like a public outburst on yeah Facebook. So um, text messages, but you know, so there's a lot of like. The gray area here yeah and a lot of back and forth and hearsay but text messages do show that he was definitely trying to break up with her um he even like told her that look you can tell everyone that you broke up with me and i won't say otherwise like yeah. you know just like yeah I, like we're not together anymore whatever and he and she would send hundreds of text messages oh. and then he would he told her like he would have to block her you know if she kept messaging yeah. him um, but what's crazy too is that the night, um, so, well, let me get into like what happened this one night. Okay. Um, so Ryan actually, uh, Ryan was like super over her and uh -huh. had actually made plans to go out on a date with, um, beauty queen, Audrey Bolt, who was, do you know, are you familiar with the Miss Ohio's since you know Ohio not, so well? Not like one? personally, no. Okay. <laughs> well, she was Miss Ohio, um, in 2012. Okay. And then um, she actually, I don't know if you ever saw this viral video, but she was famous for um, when she, during the Miss America pageant, um, mm. she, they asked her during the questions, they asked her, which movie character do you most relate to or whatever? And her answer was, I think pretty woman because even though she was faced with hardships she stood her ground and you know <laughs> and kept moving forward and they were like oh the hooker got it <laughs> oh, no. and so she ended up getting like second runner-up or yeah. something and they say that like that cost her the pageant i just thought it was pretty funny um 
It's just a little trivia for you. Um, so he was uh, he was very, very excited about the date, and he told all of his friends about it, but like, yeah. we still don't know if he ever told Shayna about it. So he was a, a, he was supposed to go on that date, but he never made it. Because on that Friday night of October 12th, the night he was supposed to go on on the date, uh, Shayna Huber's placed a phone call to 911 to report that she had killed Ryan Poston inside his Highland Heights condo. Oh, yeah. That's she, where I was afraid this was going. That's what happened. Um, she claimed that she was there to retrieve her things. Uh-huh. You know, like he broke up with her and she was just coming to get her stuff. But she said that while she was there, Ryan became angry and extremely violent with her. Um, she said that he was screaming in her face and calling her a fucking hillbilly, quote unquote, and that he hated her. Um, she said that he was throwing her around the room and pointing a gun at her face, after which she grabbed the gun and shot him right in the center of his face. Um, she said that he then fell to the ground and was twitching. And so to make him stop, because she said that, you know, she didn't want to see him writhing around in pain. Uh She shot him six more times until she knew that he was completely dead. Um, And she claims it was all in self-defense. She also said that he had a problem with speed and Adderall, and it made him crazy. And they did find bottles of Adderall all over the apartment, as well as firearms, ammo, all the stuff I said that he was into. Right. You know, uh, the what's it best. He loves those. Those what's it best. Um, But when... Police took her in for... So, you know, there was kind of evidence to back up some of her claims. But when the police took her in for questioning, like, here's when shit got weird. Um, so the police read her 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 Miranda rights uh-huh. and told her that she could ask for an attorney. But instead of staying quiet until one arrived, she just talked and talked for almost three hours, like word vomit. Oh no. And she, during, she seemed so off during the interrogation, like, um, and almost happy at times and like giggly. Mm. Like I, I almost, I don't know, like part of me wants to be like, is this just like a 19 year old that doesn't get life? Right. You know what I mean? And doesn't understand the gravity of what just happened? Or is she like cuckoo? Right. Yeah. Is she like having some kind of like psychotic break? Like she asked questions like, so do you think anyone will ever marry me now that I killed a boyfriend? (laughs) And like giggled. Oh my God. You can see, you can Google all of, um, like the whole interrogation thing and it's not so... Um, and she made a comment saying, um, I knew he was going to die or have a completely deformed face and he's very vain and he always wanted to get a nose job, just that kind of person. So I shot him right there and like points to her nose, right here and points to her nose and she goes, I gave him the nose job he wanted. <gasps> Isn't that crazy? Oh my God. Yeah. And then, so the police said too that whenever they would like leave a r- the room, they would hear her like trying to make herself cry and then she would turn it on and on like a, a switch. They'd walk in the door and she'd be like, <laughs> and then they'd walk out and it'd be nothing. And then at one point when they leave the room, they have it on video. All of this is on video. But yeah. when they leave the room, she, Shana started singing Amazing Grace. Um, and I have to say, she has a beautiful singing voice. <laughs> but I mean, she wasn't just like singing it in a way that was like, you know, like a prayer. Right. She was like, <laughs> she was like, like this is going to go viral. Yeah. This it's is my like American break. Idol singing Amazing Grace, like oh belting. And then she was doing like pirouettes and stuff. Like in, in oh. yeah, like dancing. And, it was, and then at one point when she stopped singing, she goes, just like this, exactly the way that I'm saying it. She stops and goes, I did it. Oh, I did it. I can't believe I did that. Just like that. Have you ever seen the jinx? Yeah. You know, those like, at yeah. the end, I don't, I mean, when this he, is like when he's like yeah, saying it in the pine and he's like, like, yeah, I did. I did. I killed her. Whatever he says. Yeah. And like in the bathroom and they get it on tape. Like, oh, that was nuts. Yeah. Yeah, and then text messages that she had sent to friends also showed that about a week earlier she had said to a friend, like, we're going, um, she said, we're going shooting in a driving range and I want to turn around and shoot him in the face and make it look like an accident. And then um, she texted another friend that works at a dentist's office and said, uh, Ryan keeps hounding me about getting his veneers done. Can you make them, can you mess them up so he'll look ugly and know other girls will date him? And like that last one, like that's probably something I would say. <laughs> <laughs> so 
I mean, but the first one, like, I yeah. don't, like, that's real dark. Well, and just, like, her, the fact that she was, like, I gave him the nose job he wanted. Like, yeah. that's, like, okay. That's This nuts. is, like, a link from that, like, the veneers thing to the nose job. It's, like, okay. Yeah. And it's just, the, the fact that she said that, like, so, like, calm and coolly, it just shows a complete disconnect from any yes. emotions. I wonder if she was trying to, well, you'll tell me the story, but I wonder if she was like trying to set up like an insanity defense or something. No, because actually here's the thing too, is when she was in jail and one of her cellmates like testified about all these things she was saying, Yeah, she said, um, cause she was very full of herself too. And would always talk about how she was a genius and, and right. she told her cellmate like, um, I'm a, like Einstein level genius. Like they'll never believe that I'm insane. So I just have to play that. I have to take the route of playing a battered woman. And so she said that to her cellmate, yeah. And so um, now, so there is like some evidence that maybe Ryan wasn't the coolest dude. Like, you know, there's guns, the Adderall, the text message. uh, Oh, there's a text message that one night that he sent to his friend where he admits that one night he had to like, he was like, dude, she's so crazy. I literally had to pick her up and throw her out of the condo. Yeah. So it does, there are like some text messages that suggest that maybe he did like handle her. Right. Roughly sometimes. But none of this like excuses murder. No. You know what I mean? I know. It's like I um, part of me is like, what kind of mental illness does she have? It sounds like she's like Yeah, I mean yeah. just that's it's so extreme. And like while she states that it was self defense, her story actually changes several times. Yeah. That's she's, what happens when you lie. That's what happens. Like she said at one point she said that she got the gun from his hand, then she said it was on the bookshelf, then she said it was on the table, and then she said he was standing over her, and then she said he was sitting across from the table. And then one piece of evidence is she said that he threw her around. She she said he threw her into the TV and the bookshelf, but like nothing was knocked over. Right. So much so that the bullet sitting on the like because he was I don't I guess that's cool I don't know he like put bullets like standing up on his book uh bookshelf like standing cool I guess guess. no not cool but anyway so but she said that he threw her into the bookshelf but when the police got there they were all standing oh the bullets were side up so like so much so that like they weren't even bumped into right and so she was held on a $5 million bond and while in custody, they had her on tape talking on the phone with her mom and saying that if she ever made bond, she would run away like the movie, The Fugitive, which okay. for someone that's such a genius. <laughs> I know. I'm like, yeah, right. <laughs> so she went to trial and was found guilty um, after two, like um, it was like a, two week trial and then five hours yeah. they deliberated and they found her guilty and sentenced to 40 years in prison. But... Unfortunately, one of the jurors was rural jurors. <laughs> one of the jurors was later found to have a felony charge uh-huh. that um, for unpaid child support that they didn't realize was a felony. Yeah, um, which it is. So pay your child support, yeah. dicks. It could have been a woman. I don't know. <laughs> but the, the juror, um, so it was declared a mistrial and the conviction was overturned. So his poor family had to wait for another trial Ugh. because of this. And while she was in jail, in June of 2018, Shayna got married a jailmate um, who is a transgender woman named Unique Taylor. So when the new trial, so they got married, but apparently the um, it was a, like a two second ceremony. Yeah. And they weren't allowed to even like physically touch each other. And they never have. They're just in two different jail cells, just like talking to each other. Okay. Like they can't even like hold hands um so anyway so when the new trial finally took place in october of 2018 Shayna, who was 27 at the time um the judge like not only took into consideration the fact that she had never showed any real remorse they did also consider the fact that she that she married someone who has uh, because apparently this person has like 14 convictions and something and yeah and then she goes and marries this like criminal that you know, that has this long history of whatever. Right. Um, so she ended up being found 
guilty again, but this time for a life sentence. Okay, good. So boom. Um, but and then this is just like a little tidbit too. Yeah. But um, after the trial, um, her and her um, wife unique taylor filed for divorce because relationship is irretrievably broken oh do you think that unique was like uh i don't want to be married to a murderer yeah <laughs> and also like stop singing jesus christ stop singing <laughs> <laughs> like your voice so, it's like you know, those people who you know they have like a, a good voice but they just want everyone to know it like just like randomly time. or like walking down the street like oh, you're like God. okay we get it we I get had it this friend in high school that um she um it was well it was my best friend patrick and she he dated her and she just like sang constantly yeah and she had did have a beautiful voice but just like every second was singing and the reason she broke up with my friend patrick patty we call him is that she said that he didn't appre- he didn't like fully appreciate her singing voice (laughs) (laughs) that was like our favorite thing ever like remember when megan broke up with you because you didn't like her singing voice (laughs) didn't fully appreciate it didn't fully appreciate it like it was like you couldn't it was beautiful but it was just like all the fucking time stop 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 already you do have to be the center of attention all the time yeah there was a woman in an office that I worked at one time who would just like sing or whistle or whatever to no one. But it was like, she just wanted you to like hear it. Yes. It's like so distracting. I'll (laughs) ask you, I'll ask you if I want you to sing. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Don't ever ask me because I, you should not want me to sing. (laughs) So, um, that's my crazy story. I love it. I've never heard that either. I, I wonder know, if... I know. Why have I never heard it? I know that some of my friends who are like in the legal community in Cincinnati listen to the show. I'm wonder. I'm sure, I'm this sure m- they, they must have it known it. So. it like, it, yeah, the, it took so long because there were like two different trials. Yeah. So I'll have to see, um, I'll have to see if they have any inside scoop. Yeah. And I'll Plus report he was back. a lawyer. Yeah, he was a lawyer. Yeah. yeah. And so it's a pretty small legal community. So I'll report back. Okay. Okay. Hey, Jen. Hey, Sally. Are you ready for a love story? Yes, please. (laughs) Yes, thank you, sir. (laughs) Um, So this one comes from one of my, like, OG favorite podcasts, This American Life. Oh, I love, I mean, classic. Yeah, classic. Classic radio, classic podcast. I mean, obviously radio before podcast. But um, so in the summer of 2016, This American Life did a series of stories um, from the refugee camps in Greece. And so it's just a little bit of a background because I was felt a little ignorant about it. So the, this is a little background on the refugee crisis in Greece from I, that I got from the International Rescue Committee, mm-hmm. which you can go to their website, rescue.org, and learn all about refugee crises everywhere. Uh, so Greece and Italy have long been like the main point of entry for people fleeing violence in the Middle East and South and Central Asia. Um, to get into Europe. So, but in 2016, the European Union adopted stricter border laws that prevent people from entering Europe. So when people who are seeking sanctuary, and most of them are from Syria or Iraq or Afghanistan, when they get to Greece, they're basically like stuck there because they can't move forward to another country. They aren't legally really allowed to be in Greece, but they can't send them back. So they're just like, they're like not allowed to become functioning members of Greek society or to like go deeper into Europe where a lot of them have family. So now they're stuck in these like overcrowded and often dangerous refugee camps um, waiting for their like asylum asylum cases to be heard. So 2016 was when the law changed. So all of a sudden, even though people had always always been going in through Greece and Greece and Italy, they were now stuck in Greece and Italy. And so right. and because Greece had had a financial crisis the year before, there also people couldn't make a living and then Greece was kind of left to deal with this financially on their own. And so it was just a huge thing. Like even it's still a mess. Like right now there are over 16,000 refugees stuck on Greek islands and more than 38,000 stuck on the mainland, often in camps um, or increasingly they're like moving them into like the urban centers. Um, Some people like some people have like been settled in Greece permanently, but they still, it's so hard to find work because yeah. it's like a 40% unemployment rate for wow. Greek citizens. So, and when, many, um, sorry, uh, when, um, Zach and I spent our honeymoon in Greece. 
Oh, and, yeah. Um, and Santorini was like beautiful and uh-huh. nice. And then we um, spent five days in Athens. But in Athens, they were in the middle of all of these riots because of immigration and like there oh, were wow. people, you know, there were people fighting each other. Yeah. Um, you know, pro-immigration and non-pro. Yeah. <laughs> Anti. <laughs> and uh, so like they not, were just not quite just as pro. Like not as pro. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anti-immigration. And um, there were like riots in the streets and battles. And there was a couple of days where um, like we couldn't leave our hotel room because yeah. like, and I have pictures from our honeymoon too, um, where there was like Molotov cocktails and uh, all these like police officers in the um, streets. Yeah. Every single ATM in the city was like blown up. So we couldn't get any like cash. I was crazy. That's crazy. I know. Very romantic. Very romantic. <laughs> well, yeah, it's like a, um, like a Jason Bourne movie. You guys. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so think about that was when in 2000, what? 10? That was in 2009. Nine. Yeah. So, the, so so they were having already having like issues yeah. and now the borders are closed. So people can't even move from Greece to anywhere else. Wow. So they're just stuck there. You know, many of the refugees, like they are people who are traumatized by war and they need a lot of support. They need like psychological yeah. and medical and Greece is like simply unable to provide it, like just can financially not provide it. Um, and there are like women who are many who are traveling alone with children. They need protection Aww. from like sexual violence and trafficking. There are children who are unaccompanied, oh. um, who are waiting to reunite with their families who are like in other countries in Europe and they are like falling victim to exploitation. Oh. Um, so in 2016, this had like hit a critical point, this crisis. And so this American Life sent reporters to get stories from inside the camps to kind of understanding how people were actually living and surviving as they sat in this like limbo because they just didn't know. I mean, they were applying for asylum, but they had no idea. I mean, even Greece had no idea how long yeah. this was going to last because these were new laws. Um, so the time they were building, Greece started building these camps and they were like camps at like roadside service stations, an abandoned psychiatric facility, an old baseball stadium, and even at a beach resort, which sounds pretty dope, but I'm sure was not. So they, this American Life, the reporters like who went out, they saw people like arriving and and like were hopeful and excited because they're, you know, they're fleeing war and then yeah. they're like get, settling into a life and they're trying to grasp at like any kind of normalcy, you know, just like, just trying to make sense of this life that is like completely in flux. Um, and Sean Cole is the reporter who found this love story in the completely unlike unlikely place. So he was at this camp in the north of Greece at a highway rest stop that housed about 2,000 people. So it's just like a roadside service station with 2,000, like all these tents. Um, And he said that for single men at the camps, it was really rough because the family saw them as dangerous and a threat. And the government also saw them that way. They thought, you know, these single Arab men are like terrorists. And... You know, their fates were actually the most in limbo because family and children were given priority to be resettled. Um, And single women were often there with their families, and so they were shielded from the men. Um, So it was pretty rare that um, Tariq and Hadil met in the first place. So, but they were, they can remember the date that they met. It was March 12th of 2016. They had just arrived from Turkey. They're both Syrian refugees. They both arrived by boat and were camped out at the beach. Um, Tariq was in the water and Hadil was up on shore charging her cell phone and Tariq comes out of the water like James Bond like totally Uh like dripping and their eyes lock and I'll post a picture but they're both like gorgeous Gorgeous. yeah Yeah. so you see why they would be like instantly attracted yeah Yeah. and Tariq says it was love at first sight Um, and Hadil was more reluctant to jump into anything I mean she said the situation is not appropriate because obviously I'm a refugee, he's a refugee, and as a refugee, I never thought, never imagined I would be ready to meet someone. Like yeah. she's like, we just, you know, yeah, we just got here, and so. But Tariq says like he just knew. So the first day he asked if he could speak what speak to her. He was like, you're so beautiful. Can I speak to you? And she refused. He wasn't deterred. He wow. says he tried to approach her maybe like 15 more times. He actually changed his plans. So they had just arrived and now they're like moving into the camp. So he had had plans to go to a different camp. But when her 
family decided to go somewhere else, he followed them and went. He could only get away with that because he's gorgeous. Yes. So from the (laughs) island, I know, he moved with a group from from the island to Athens and then from Athens to the north um, camp. Wow. And... Tariq would like, as they were like on the train to these places, he would like ask people to like switch seats with them so he could sit closer to her. Um, and then it worked. And Haddle says, like, I have plans of going to Germany, settle down, and then think about these matters. But seeing this young guy, it's like, oh, suddenly I fell in love with him and I want to be with him. And so I don't care about the conditions. Um, she actually like appreciated his doggedness. Like she says, if he was someone who gave up, I wouldn't have pursued it. But I liked his persistence. That's what worked. And like, okay, so normally I would not advocate for this kind of like yeah. persistence, right? Like it's like, okay, dude, get it, you know. Right, right. Stop. If she says no, that means no. But part of the reason why he kept approaching her is because he knew that the reason she was refusing to speak with her was because of family pressure. So she was traveling with her aunt and uncle and sister. And so Haddle is Christian and Tariq is Muslim and Haddle's family didn't approve. So he knew like she was saying like, no, I can't talk to you. But she was also saying, no, I can't talk to you because my family. And he's like, this isn't her. This is, you know, they were young and reckless and they were like, okay, let's do it anyway. So they started making plans for the future, like a future that they had no idea where they were going to be or what they're going to do. They were like, let's get married. And the problem was that Haddle's parents were in Germany and but because of these strict border rules, Tariq couldn't get there to ask for their blessing. And her parents weren't opposed to the relationship, despite the religious difference. Uh-huh. But it is tradition to meet the groom before giving the blessing. So Tariq felt like this was super important that he go to like speak to her parents. Um, and he actually tried to get across the border with smugglers, but wasn't successful. Wow. So even though he he really wanted to get their blessing because her aunt and uncle were so opposed. And no matter how many times Haddle like begged them and tried to convince them, they wouldn't budge. And like what a bunch of haters. I know. Like part of it was that they were just like she was spending all of her time with them. And she was yeah. 19, he was 25. Like they were young, they yeah. were in love. And they were also like very affectionate. Oh. Like a lot of PDA, which, you know, and so I think the aunt and uncle were just worried about how people would view it the because STDs. they were like, yeah, well, <laughs> they were like, you know, the STD is going around these camps. Yeah, they were just worried that like, this is inappropriate. You're not married, yet you're acting married. Like, right, Tariq right. actually got, he bought a secret tent for them and put it up so they could be alone. Tariq told the reporter, Sean Cole, uh, I love her very much and those people won't stand in our way. Our love is stronger than this country that's blocking the border. So Tariq and Haddle did their first interview with Sean Cole, but when he went back the next day to talk to them again, he found Tariq there by himself. And he had been beat up. He was like in super bad shape. Oh my so God. Haddle's uncle and a, a couple of other men had beat up Tariq <gasps> and Haddle was gone. Oh, my God. Yeah. So it turns out the family had had a plan to be smuggled to Macedonia. And Haddle was, like, refusing to go because she was like, no, you guys go, but I'm staying here with Tariq. Oh, my Um, gosh. So the uncle beat up Tariq (gasps) and carried Haddle off into a cab to meet the smuggler. I know. Isn't that crazy? then And then Tariq did the only thing he could do and reported the family to the police. And the family was actually turned away and the smuggler was arrested and Tariq was like, I don't feel bad. I only feel bad for the smuggler that he got arrested. Wow. Um, that's some balls. I know, right? Oy, oy, oy. But so, oh but instead gosh. of coming back to the camp, the family went south to another camp. So she was gone anyway. And Tariq was like completely heartbroken. So then a few days later, he heard from Haddle. And she and her family were planning to go to Turkey the next day. So he was like, I have one last chance to get her back. And he went to the interpreter who he had worked, who had worked with this American Life journalist. And he was like, I need a car. You have to get me a car. And the interpreter was like, dude, I'm a refugee also. So I don't have a car. <laughs> like, oh, wow. I'm here too, you know. Um, but they were like, okay, the best thing, t- I think we're going to have to ask the American journalists because they have cars and they have money and so the fourth wall so sean cole says he knew they had heard that journalists were getting in trouble with the police for driving refugees around and he was like okay so i know it's the wrong thing to do he said but i just couldn't in that moment 
think of a reason not to help him. And so he gave Tariq 100 euros to take a cab to get Haddle. And so when Tariq got got the money, he did a happy dance. He got in a cab and he raced to Haddle. And she met him at a cafeteria near where her family was staying. And the two went back up north uh, to a camp near the Macedonian border. So soon after that, with the blessing of her parents... Haddle and Tariq got married. Oh, my God. They had a Muslim wedding and a Christian wedding, and they were working to get their marriage sanctioned in Greece. And Tariq, who's a poet, says he understands how lucky they are to have beat the odds. He said, the most ridiculous thing of all is that all these feelings of love you have in your heart, the big sacrifices you have made, and the unexpected problems all come down to a taxi fare. It's a bastard of a feeling when you're racing against time and it's not on your side. Oh my God. So I wish I had an update on them because I'm like, this is three years. So they're yeah. married now. They've been married for three years. I don't know where they are because the story is just their first names and I searched right. and I searched. But wow. um, I will keep searching and see if I have an update. But I really hope that they're like happily married, so married. and have some kids or something yeah. or just living a fun young person life somewhere in Greece wow, or that's Germany. that's an incredible or... story. Oh my God. So that's my love story. I love it. All right, should we do something dumb and something we love? Yeah, I'll, um, I will start. Okay. Um, so it seems a little bit, after like hearing, you know, the story you just told, it seems so ridiculous to complain about this. <laughs> um, but, and this is, so something dumb... This is going to be controversial. Okay. This is probably one of the most controversial statements I've ever made. All right. In dumb love history. But I went on a Disney cruise. Uh-huh. And I did not like it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, my God. All I'd heard from everyone was how I'm they are and they're so relaxing and it's the best thing you'll ever do and it's the best 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 i um just i that was my first cruise ever yeah and i guess i just realized quickly that i am not a cruise person yeah i'm very claustrophobic i don't like crowds i don't like buffets it's just i don't like just people all like knocking each other over for hordes of small children yeah like lots of kids Screaming and crying, all like, like yeah, Mickey Mouse is there. Cool. <laughs> it's a Disney cruise. Of but course, he's gonna be here. There's also a lot of screaming <laughs> and like wet screaming, like wet <laughs> screaming and crying. But um, no, I mean, I don't know. I didn't. It wasn't the relaxing thing that I thought was gonna happen yeah and I also it's funny because I was like I was I knew that there was a kids club and everybody's like oh your kids will go to the kids club the whole time right you won't even see them and I was the one that was like no like I want to be with my kids I don't want them to be in the kids club the whole time Uh and then by day two I was like get in the fucking kids club (laughs) (laughs) get in there (laughs) and so um but so I didn't have like the best time. I had a lot of uh, I had a lot of panic attack type moments. Oh, just, I'm like, sorry. I, like, cruises are not for me, but uh, there were a lot of really great things. Yeah. Also, that like we when we went on the um ex- the Castaway Key or whatever the excursion, we like uh-huh. swam with stingrays and pet the stingrays and went snorkeling and stuff, and that was cool. We had a great time. Yeah. Um, but and uh. You know, there were nice... And also, there was two servers. Um, their names were Andrea and Chantal. Uh-huh. And they... Every night, you go to a different restaurant, but you have the same two servers. Oh, that's kind of nice. And if I could... Like, I'm sure Disney Cruise is not listening to this. But if, if there's... I filled out a comment card. I did all the things that yeah. I could do to just, like, raise these women up. But they were just the most magnificent people ever and so sweet yeah. and so loving to the point where like my son said to me like my favorite part so far is just Chantal and Andrea oh my god I'm, I'm like, yeah a yeah. boy like a <laughs> nine-year-old boy like that was his favorite thing yeah. and then um and then Louise when we were in the like buffet frenzy right you know everybody knocking each other over 
you know, um, Louise caught sight of Chantal and she, like, instead of like, you know, kids when they see Nikki or Cinderella or whatever, yeah. Louise was like, it's Chantal, it's Chantal. <laughs> and like, we like, she made a beeline and ran over to her and hugged her and gave her. So it was just, um, they were just so amazing. Yeah. And I love those women so much and, and, um, shout out to them. Their job is so hard. They oh, yeah. work like four months at a time and, um, and Andrea has um, an eight-year-old son that is at home with his grandmother, yeah. and I could tell she missed him. And you know, and it's just like what a hard job yeah. to be around all these children, and you're working so hard, and then you know, at the expense of like you're not for a better life for you and your family, you're missing out on time with your own child. Right. And like, you know, God, I just wish I could, if I had a million dollars, I would just give it to her. You were like, I would just hire her. Hire her. Yeah, I would hire her to just live here all the time. Just be my friend. So I, uh, there were things that I loved about the cruise and, like it's dumb I hate that I wasn't able to fully enjoy something yeah. that uh, cost me one million dollars <laughs> <laughs> I told you I was like okay well now you need your like your like solo vacation like yeah. that's like you did that you for know, your family I'll just and now go sit in the closet for <laughs> oh, two hours that's all I need I just need two hours by myself yeah, that's it that's it um what about you okay so my dumb thing is um, I think it was last week or the week before. This is this is dumb. I don't remember, but it was like World Mental Health Day. Uh huh. And so I haven't. I, I mean, I'm not like I have not hid this, but I haven't really talked about it with many people. But um, last year, probably like almost a year ago, it was like in November. I started. I was having like a lot of anxiety, just like. For, I had been for a while, just but it would become like debilitating to the yeah. point where I was like, you know, just like any kind of like bad news or anything that came up, I was like frozen. Like I would just be like, I need to like shut down. I need to like go lay down was or this whatever. When you moved here, yeah, like, but it, I mean, it had been happening before oh, okay. in New York. It was kind of like, you know, I mean, yeah, it just got really bad. And then, but when I moved here, I think it actually was getting a little better. And I was it made, to the point where I was like, oh. I need to like, I, I should do something about this because yeah. it can be better. Mm-hmm. This is ridiculous. And so the good thing is, so that's dumb, but also the good thing is, is that I went to a doctor at the encouragement of um, my two best friends, um, Dr. Dude Fuck and, <laughs> and Grace. And they both just kind of were like, look, if you're feeling like this, like, why not? give like meds or something a chance like yeah. why not? it's a tool if you don't like it it doesn't make you feel better then don't do it like yeah so I started taking just like a low dose of um fluoxetine which is I think it's like Prozac I mean it's like generic Prozac and holy shit dude what a difference really? it has made yeah That's like I mean awesome. I had like a lot of crazy shit happen this year yeah and it man. has like I've felt like pretty I mean I'm like upset and whatever but it's not the like, oh, I can't handle this. Yeah. Like just evened it out in a way that is like, just, I didn't realize how bad it had been until it was like a little better, wow. you know? So not that I, I, I'm not somebody who's like, oh, you should, everybody should get on drugs. But like, if you're if you feeling feel terrible. Yeah. If like the littlest fix. thing, like you're like, I can't handle my life. Like, yeah, just try to get help. I mean, get help in whatever way you want, but like, there's no shame in using all the tools in your tool belt. Like, absolutely, you know, like do yoga, meditate, try some meds, you know I mean? Like it just really has. So I, like, I resisted for a long time and then I'm just like, why? I, yeah. Now I'm like, things that are really hard, I'm like, I can I can roll with it. I can deal with it. And it's like how it should be. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. I, when I, um, I think it was after I had Louise. So when Louise was very small, like yeah. my second child, I had like crazy, it actually would showed up in the form of like stomach issues and yeah then my, oh yeah they I couldn't figure too. out what it was yeah <laughs> and then they they were um a doctor was like it's anxiety mm-hmm. and you need you know and then put me on like a very low dosage of lexapro and i was only on it for a like six months yeah but it got me through those six months uh-huh. and i remember feeling that feeling of like 
whoa you mean what do you mean like the the list like the list making stops yes i stopped laying in my bed going and then this and then this and then this and then this then you do this and, and then it was like i took this medication and then all of a sudden i just didn't do that anymore right no that was the yeah. same i was having so much such a hard time sleeping because I couldn't shut my brain off at all. Yeah. And I would just like wake up in the middle of the night and have like a near panic attack about life. You know I mean? Yeah. Just about like things that are, everybody goes through and everybody has these insecurities and anxieties and whatever. And I just couldn't handle it. And I was like, I'm a, not to be like, I'm a mother, but like, I'm a mother and I need to be able to handle things. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I need to be able to handle shit. And I can't just like shut down when... Like, I get a phone call that my mom's in the hospital because she was like, that was happening all the time, you know? So I just was like, I need to, like, figure something out. And this is not, like, a way to go through life. And so Ben and I were actually talking about it because I'm like, you know, at the beginning of the year, I had a miscarriage that went on for, like, months and months. And then, um, you know, we've just had, like, kind of a bunch of hits this year. Yeah, you've been going through it this year. But, like, I was like, but I still feel like this is – I'm so much happier and I'm in such a better place despite all of that than I was a year ago. So – That's amazing. So, yeah, so better living through drugs. Thank you for sharing (laughs) that. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you so much. Man. I think that – We did it. We did it. We did another episode. I think we did a great job. I think – you know what? I would give us five stars. I would give us five stars on this one. I mean, if you want to give three stars, that's okay. It's okay too, but. Um, and thank you guys so much for uh, listening. As always, thank you for sharing. Thank you for reviewing. You know, we'll take we'll take your reviews. Uh, yeah. Thank you for everything. And uh, get out there and do something dumb for love. Dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-